0: It's been such a devastating, uh, you know, couple of months. You know, there's so many um, sad, sad cases and it's just devastating to not be able to be there and, you know, support uh, family, friends, you know, everyone that's in India and obviously staff. So it's been, you know, a really devastating couple of months.
1: Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking to Sarah Todd. We're going to dig into the situation in india which we've covered a lot on dirty linen Um, we spent a week traveling around india and chatting to people with various perspectives on the dreadful covid situation over there last month Um, and it's going to be great to chat to sarah because she has such a deep connection with that country Um, but sarah well first of all welcome to dirty linen Thank
0: you so much. It's amazing to be on here. And, you know, I really am trying to rack my brain about the last time we caught up.
1: Okay, I'm going to tell you. So it was at a lunch uh, to preview the Australian Open Chef Series. And I know that you'll remember it instantly when I remind (laughs) you that you had a broken leg.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. It was. Yeah, that was an amazing day, actually. And now, yeah, it all falls into place. But I don't want to remember the broken
1: leg. So let's forget about that. Sure. Well, I have to say it was a it was a great lunch, and I don't I can't even remember because time just is is just like a mystery at the moment. But I feel like was it previewing the twenty nineteen AO or was yes. it? Yes, yeah, twenty nineteen. It's just insane to
0: think how quickly the last two years has flown by.
1: Yeah. So Sarah, a lot of people, well, people, I guess, know you in all kinds of different ways, but a lot of people in Australia would have first encountered you when you were on MasterChef in, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was 2014 is that right? Yes. Yeah. Twenty fourteen. since then, I mean, I know that MasterChef is just, it has an incredible brand in India. Um, I guess you've pursued an interest in Indian culture and food and you've opened up restaurants in India, uh, and just built an incredible following over there. It's just incredible watching the Indian audience respond to what you do. I just, yeah, it's, it's, re- I love it. Um, but, yeah, let's start with what's been happening recently because you've got restaurants over there that you haven't been able to get to for a while.
0: Yeah, you know, it's um I feel so blessed. I think MasterChef is such an incredible platform and just to see all the people who have created such successful careers after being on the show and it's incredible and yeah just traveling over to India just really blew my mind it's such an incredible country and and I just remember the first time kind of landing in India and first of all it's this incredible sensation of I don't know it's it's a really magical country and you can feel that energy when you land and I remember having cooking classes and and the people that come up to me just are so passionate about food, passionate about MasterChef and just really loved what I was doing. And and the first time I got there, I just wanted, when I came back to Australia, I just wanted to get back to India and keep exploring the country. And it's just so diverse. I mean, Indian food is just uh, an umbrella word for multiple different cuisines in one. So I I first of all started traveling around India and and I think I've been to probably more cities and and towns and states than the average Indian person for sure. And um, yeah, I just started um, wanting to open restaurants there and, and it really is such a it feels like home to me, you know, and uh, now being in the middle of a pandemic, it's it's so crazy because I can't get back into the country.
1: Mm. I, I definitely want to... Talk about that, but just about the MasterChef brand in India. I remember chatting to someone who worked as a diplomat, and they had um, the previous hosts Matt, Gary, and George go over there to do some soft diplomacy on behalf of the whole of Australia when there was the um, terrible incidents of racially motivated um, attacks on Indian taxi drivers um, in in Melbourne, and I think also in Sydney. And it was actually like, how can we how can we smooth the waters. How can we express, you know, the fact that there's so much love for Indian food and culture and people here in Australia? And they sent the guys (laughs) to do that work.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's it. You know, the the firsthand experiences that I've had in India, they really do love Australians. They love, you know, I think that's obviously that connection through cricket as well as the MasterChef brand. And, and yeah, I mean, those, it's really unfortunate that those situations were happening in Australia um, some, you know, time ago, but I do feel that at the moment, you know, there is a lot of love for India here in Australia and, and everyone is really responding to, you know, the food and the culture. And I think that connection is really starting to build um, really beautifully again now.
1: Yeah, we actually had on the podcast recently, David Lucky, who's an Indian-born Italian restaurateur here. So he's cooking Italian food. And he's had people, you know, question his, um, uh, th- you know, the rightness of, of him cooking food that's not of his cultural background. Have you encountered any of that for yourself um, in India as a white woman going in there and, and um, cooking Indian food and indeed releasing Indian cookbooks and, um, yeah, just really digging into the food in that way?
0: You know, the funny thing is I've never had it once said to me in India, but I've had it said to me here in Australia and it's so crazy because, you know, I just, um, I think that the number one thing about uh, me cooking, you know, Indian flavors and, and exploring the cuisine, everyone in India is just so proud and happy. And, you know, they love it when someone is appreciating their culture. And, and I think, you know, in the early days, I really didn't cook too much Indian food. It's only really um, after, you know, five, six years of living in the country, traveling around that I felt like I had enough experience to, you know, say that I do understand the cuisine and and I definitely couldn't have done it in the early days. But now, you know, I've traveled so much, experienced so much in India that, you know, I do feel like I'm really ingrained into the culture and, you know, the cuisine of India. So, Mm. yeah.
1: Yeah, I can really imagine that when I've traveled there myself, it's like people are so proud to share their their you yeah, know, their dishes, the flavors, the techniques. it's there is just such an enormous pride. And as you say, it's an incredibly diverse, um yeah, like range of cuisines and ingredients and climates. And yeah, there's just there's you could you just i mean, with food generally, it's like, I love it because, you know, you're just going to learn something every day. And I feel like you could have, you know, about 50 lifetimes trying to learn everything about Indian food. It's just oh, it's so, it's such an adventure. Oh, it really is. It's, yeah, it's so diverse
0: and uh yeah, you know, it, and just to add to that, my son is half Punjabi as well. And I think that was also the, um, you know, the the reason why I really wanted to delve into the culture because, you know, living in Australia, I do want to make sure that he is raised understanding his background and, and experiencing, you know, the different festivals and um, religious ceremonies. So, you know, I think it's, um, it's kind of a bit of a responsibility that I've put on to myself
1: as well to really understand that culture. Mm, beautiful. So Sarah, tell us what's um, happened recently as you've tried to get back to check out what's happening with your restaurants.
0: Yeah so uh, you know I went through that process of applying for um an exemption to get back and you know um get back to my restaurants you know um employ uh about 70 staff in in India and and I think going through a pandemic, you, being a leader, being a um, business owner and managing staff, I think it's really important that you kind of stand strong together with your staff and and next to them, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it's not right to expect them to be working through these conditions and not be there myself. So, uh, yeah, got on the plane and managed to, um, you know, get halfway to India and then, as you know, over the recent couple of months, Things just took a real turn for the worse. And, um, yeah, I didn't end up making it into the country. So everything shut down and, you know, flights. And so I parked up in Dubai, you know, stone throw away from India and couldn't get in. It was so devastating, you know, to be there. And, um, you know, it's a really hard thing to see. I mean, I have a friend uh, in India that over the last six weeks she – uh, lost her grandma, her grandfather, her father, and her father's sister in six weeks time. And, you know, to see these things and, you know, the, my staff that are, working out of Goa, often um you know majority of them their families are in different cities um in india and it's you know it's not uncommon for them to work away from from their families and you know kids and wives and not being able to even travel interstate in india so you know it's just been such a devastating uh you know couple of months i mean i have friends that say it's smells like death in the air you know there's so many um sad sad cases and it was just devastating to not be able to be there and you know support uh family friends you know everyone that's in india and obviously staff so it's been you know really
1: devastating couple of months i mean look it's it's just the scale of what's been happening in India is really, I mean, I just—I freely admit that I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, I know that daily cases were around 400,000 and that's just what was reported. You just assume it's a lot higher than that. And I think even now the figures are still, even though it's there's been a sharp decline in cases and, and deaths, thank goodness, but it's still up around 70,000 new cases a day, which from the Australian perspective, you know, when we all hang on the numbers when there's one or two cases, It's just really, really just mind-boggling to think about.
0: Yeah, it's just devastating. I mean, it's, it's impossible for them to actually do that many tests a day to really know the true figures of how many, you know, cases are happening daily and... I mean, yeah, it's just such a difficult time, and you know, with that uh, sort of population in such a dense, uh, you know, spaces, it's, it's, yeah, it's really, really hard to know where, you know, how to get out of this kind of situation, and it's definitely just going to take time, and um, you know, I know that so many people are. are pulling together to support. I mean, even just in our restaurant alone, you know, we, we're we not allowed to function to actually serve patrons, but we're supporting um, with meals for, you know, families that are affected by COVID or elderly, you know, people who can't leave their home and, uh, you know, trying to support where possible. But it's just, uh, it's, I mean, how, how does a situation
1: like this actually get fixed I mean it's devastating And, and I mean for yourself being in quarantine not being able to do what you wanted to do I mean what what like how did you process that what's I mean how did the how did the weeks go by I mean, it's uh, every,
0: I mean, you have to keep going, right? I mean, things need to be managed. You need to, you know, uh, communicate with staff and keep things rolling on. But I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's really devastating. I mean, even at at that time I was launching my cookbook and I had, um, Alive with, uh, you know, to promote my cookbook. And I just broke down in tears. I couldn't even think about promoting something because it's just, I mean, I just couldn't. I had to put everything like that on hold. I couldn't even barely post on social media. I was just, you know, devastated with the situation. But, you know, in the background, I had to keep pushing forward and working. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're supporting um you know our staff you know in terms of you have to keep you know uh their work going and and support them whichever way you can because ultimately they need to support their families so you know work didn't stop and you know things were still busy every single day and um yeah just just trying to to manage everything
1: mm. and what about now like do you do you think you'll try and get back there again soon or you just wait a while like what's the plan well, I mean, I would love to get
0: back there, but at the moment, you know, things, it is kind of, I mean, India is a. Uh, uh- like during this period, it's really hot in India. So things do kind of slow down and people, you know, tend to, um, you know, slow down a little bit during these coming months. So we'll, we'll shut the restaurant in Goa for the next few months. And we do that every year. It's kind of an, a normal um, thing for us. And, yeah, and try and get back around September time. And um, But, I mean, the restaurant is just one thing. I mean, I'm doing – so many other things in India so I would love to get back but it's just impossible right now and it's you know it's hard to even get the exemption to leave in um, Australia to get back to India and you know that's a lengthy process in itself so yeah I mean it's just so unknown right now and and it's hard to really make any decisions like the last trip I mean getting on the plane flying over there you know, having to stay at home and then come back and quarantine for two weeks. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough um, situation. And I, I'm not really sure what, you know, can't make a decision right now.
1: I think it's really hard because were you going to travel with your son or was he going to stay here?
0: Yeah, so normally he comes over, you know, like I would go for a couple of weeks at a time and, and, you know, not such a long trip. But now, I mean, that means, you know, if I go over for two weeks, it's two weeks quarantine when I get back. So it's impossible with school um, for Phoenix. So generally, you know, we'd go over, well, we're hoping to go over that Christmas period, but, I mean, that's still six months away so it's yeah it's really really hard right now.
1: Yeah it's really impossible to plan I just think there's you know behind all these you know border closures I mean which you know I understand we can't have people willy-nilly traveling around the world at the moment there has to be some kind of yeah there has to be restrictions to keep people safe in different jurisdictions but there's just a human story behind all these things that just makes me think of um a an Indian restaurant here, Three Idiots in Melbourne, where one of their staff, you know, every staff member is like so important and hard won at the moment, but one of their staff um, flew back to India because she's 38, she wants to have a baby. Her um, husband was over there and he couldn't get back. He just couldn't get on a flight to come back. And she's like, I don't know how long it can be. And even though, you know, flying to India now might not seem like the safest thing to do. This is my, I mean, and I'm extrapolating. I don't know all this detail, but I can only imagine the conversations you'd have with yourself. It's like, this is my life. Like I'm 38, the clock is ticking. I need to, you know, I remember that feeling when you want to have a baby, you just really want to have a baby. And that's all you can think about. Your body just tells you. I just think there's so much human heartbreak behind all these situations oh absolutely and
0: you know it's so difficult because yeah we're really blessed to be in a country where you know COVID cases are so low but you know like you said there's so many human stories and and my heart breaks because I'm so ingrained in that and I hear one of these stories every single day and you know I'm quite uh Involved in the Indian community here in Australia as well now. And I think it's just, it is really tough. I mean, what do you do? Like, people aren't going to see their families for, you know, over two years. It's probably, you know, reaching now because, um, Yeah. And it's just, it's hard because we live in a world where we're so connected and we're used to flying so easily. So there is a lot of those situations where, um, you know, people do have their family in India or, or, you know, and used to traveling back and forth quite regularly. And now, you know, those sort of situations that were set up before, of you know, there's going to be a lot of heartbreak right now. And I just don't, um, you know, it's just, it's so sad. I just don't know how that's going to go. Yeah,
1: it's, it is, it is so terribly sad. Um, Sarah, I've got so many things I'd love to talk to you about, but I feel like I should ask you if there's anything that you want to talk about, like what else is on your mind at the moment? Um, so, I mean,
0: I, I guess I, uh, have lived a life where I'm used to kind of, um, pivoting and, and changing things. So I'm just happy to be, I guess, you know, spending that time and consistent time back in Australia, um, and trying to find, you know, that positive light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, you know, I think just being back in Australia and, and working on different projects and lots of things coming up. And I think, you know, aside from the, the, the situation in India, it has been nice to, kind of reconnect with my own country and um so yeah I'm looking forward to the next few months is some really exciting things coming up and
1: um yeah it's just been nice to be home to be honest Well, that's good um so I think that I don't know if um Sam Gant was on your season of MasterChef was she yeah she was she's like one of my best friends (laughs) yeah yeah Oh, is she? Okay. Well, it's so funny that we're chatting today because my restaurant review this week was her cafe in Footscray called There, which is such a special place. Have you been there? Of course. Yeah, I have. It's incredible. Okay. Isn't it great? So what I love about, um, this cafe. So it's in Footscray. It's in a building that actually I used to work in. It's the old Lonely Planet publishing travel publisher, um, offices. Um, and I used to write for Lonely Planet. So you know dotted in and out of that building a little bit um so there for anyone who hasn't been there is this cafe built around shared brunch so it's like that you don't have to have your own plate you can um yeah you can eat off everybody else's plate which is what i do anyway so it's very handy for me but it's basically like why can't we can have tapas we can have you know shared table feasts why can't we do the same thing at brunch and she's answered that question with just a really beautiful menu
0: yeah, she's incredible. And I think Sam is one of the uh, the contestants on MasterChef that I feel has been the most successful. She is just a gun and she's doing such wonderful things. And, um, you know, she's very talented chef, very incredible businesswoman. And another person that I feel, um, you know, she's always pivoting. She's gone and, um, you know, during this period of where hospitality has been so affected, she's gone and done an MBA. Um you know, it's just, yeah, she is a superwoman, and I just, yeah, love her to death.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting the different trajectories that people have taken off the back of that show, isn't it? You know, some people have really built, used it, well, you know, used it as a springboard to an enormous profile. I suppose Sam doesn't have that. um, Sam, yeah, as you say, like studying, creating beautiful hospitality businesses, doing catering, it's uh, less of that sort of, public-facing profile stuff and a lot of just, yeah, just incredible work behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, she does. And, you know, she's really a great businesswoman and just so talented. I mean, she's, you know, just the fact that the concept behind their is you know quite unique and and I mean her interiors and styling she's just a really really talented and really good soul you know she's one of those people where she just has a really big heart and you know I yeah I'm excited that things are um opening back up and you know there is um doing well again so yeah I um will be heading in again soon too
1: (laughs) yeah well some (laughs) of the food like I know the concept is you're supposed to share the food but sometimes the food also seems too good to share
0: yeah exactly i agree
1: <laughs> so sarah what are other um you, you mentioned you've got a lot of other things that you're doing in india when when that's possible again what other kinds of things have you got going on over there
0: so I, uh, I do um, all the gold class uh, menus in India for the cinemas, which I'm sure you realize with the Bollywood scene is pretty, um, you know, massive. There's a, a thousand uh, gold class screens in India. So, uh, again, you know, I'm working with the chefs right now, trying to do Zoom calls and teach the new menu, which is, as you can imagine, insane because you need to obviously taste the food. Um, but, wow. Yeah, so they're reopening. Uh, early August for, you know, cinemas and things like that in India. So doing, um, yeah, working on that, different uh, launching a couple of different products at the moment, which um, I'm sure I'll be sending you a package in the next uh, coming months, which, um, yeah, I'm excited as well because I guess, uh, you know, in India all – It used to be the the big family unit where everybody lives together in one big house you know grandparents parents you know and often their staff and um you know things like that so that you you know the individuals and the younger generation weren't cooking a lot but now you know um everyone's going out to work you know females are also in the workforce a lot more now and people are living alone and so people are cooking a lot more at home so you know, it's kind of, um, you know, turning out to be similar in terms of Australia where, you know, there's that working class person that's, um, you know, wanting quicker meals at home and, you know, to to cook as well. So just, um, yeah, working on a few different things to um, launch in India
1: and also here in Australia. Mm, interesting. Well, definitely watch that space. Uh, I guess, you know, in so many ways, India was already doing a lot of the things that we regard as... As contemporary in the food world, and I'm thinking about things like food delivery in India. There's, you know, long been people riding around on bicycles or pushing carts doing the takeaway thing. It's definitely um, something, yeah, with with tiffins and tiffin. Yeah, I was just about yeah. to
0: say. I mean, that is such a, um, you know, standard thing that was happening all along, And, um, yeah, it's such a great concept and, um, yeah, it's, it's, there is a lot of those, um, you know, different traditions in India from, um, Ayurveda and yoga and all these things that, um, India has been doing for a really long time. And, um, they're all kind of resurfacing
1: in, in different countries as well, like you said. So Sarah, Tell us, I mean, we've talked about how diverse Indian cuisine is. I'd love to hear from you about one of your favourite dishes or ingredients or regional styles. Um, can you, yeah, talk about something that you were perhaps that really surprised you or, the, or that you feel is, uh, yeah, just should be taken to a wider audience? Uh, i think it's yeah like you said with um you know
0: we're all focusing on um you know like in australia focusing on those um ingredients and regional you know um you know focusing local and all of that but i think you know one of the things that i noticed in india that happens everywhere is that often you know um a dish is you know it looks like there all these dishes that are quite unique to that region but it's everything is just cooked with what's available so you know you'll see in the south that um you know everything's heavily coconut focused and and so it's it's not only that the produce is um you know all the dishes created with the produce that's local it's also um it assists in the body for that temperature so a lot of the dishes in India um you should eat locally because you know when Uh, temperatures sore, this is going to soothe the body. It's, you know, easier to, to digest. And, you know, so I've been really looking into, um, yeah what that does to the body which is really incredible because there's so many things like for for example nimbu pani which is this drink which i'm sure you know if you've been to india you would have had it everywhere it's a little bit of salt a little bit of sugar in a lem in a lemon water which is hydrating you know so there's all these things that um, are just standard in india that are really soothing and and for a purpose so
1: yeah that's so interesting because Like the last thing I would have thought you would talk about is temperature, but that's of course so important with food. Well, anything that you eat has a temperature, uh, whether it's hot or it's cold or it's room temp. It's, that's, yeah, that's so interesting. It's a really, it's really coming in with a, with a different angle on how to think about eating and drinking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's often you think oh, don't eat hot foods in the hot weather, but, um, you know, you do eat chili because it cools you down. You know, that's you know, there's all these different, um, you know, aspects to food that, um, yeah, is really coming into play. And I think, yeah, it should be the same in Australia. And it's it's starting to happen, too.
1: Mm, I love it. Um, Well, Sarah, it's been so incredible to have the opportunity to talk to you. I guess, you know, as much as it's a shame that we're not beaming into you in Goa, um, I hope you're able to enjoy the good things about being here. And, yeah, we're just, uh, yeah, I guess we just all hope that the situation in India continues to improve and um, that things can get back to a semblance of normality and you can get back over there and continue with all your activities yeah absolutely it's been such a pleasure to
0: chat with you and i hope it doesn't take two years again for the next time
1: (laughs) (laughs) definitely well it's been it's been one of those years and years and years yeah exactly um yeah no lovely to have you on the show sarah all the best with everything that you're doing and thank you so much for chatting to dirty linen
0: amazing thanks Danny.
1: This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We wanna hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta At Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.